Hey, it's Alan Carter. Here's what's on the podcast today. I'm freaking out about the U.S. election, and it's really making me uptight. You know what I need to do instead? I know. I need to get angry at Whole Foods. Let's do that. Plus, let's calm down with my psychiatrist, Marcia Sirota. Let's get to it. I can't get my mind off the dumps. That's my whole life right now. Everything is when's, when is the next dump going to arrive? That is, everything since Tuesday has just been 24 hours a day wondering about vote dumps. And it has me all clenched up. It has me all sort of upset and nervous and discombobulated. The latest news, Joe Biden pulling ahead in Pennsylvania. As those votes continued to be counted, uh, Joe Biden is also ahead narrowly, very narrowly in Georgia. Nevada, apparently, you know, we don't, we're not going to get a call on Nevada for a while, but the vote count shows that Biden's ahead there in Nevada. Biden's ahead in Arizona. And all of it we knew was coming, didn't we? Like, think about it. We knew it was all coming. That what would happen on Election Day is that Republicans would show up in strength at the ballot. They'd line up because the president had repeatedly said that mail-in ballots were fraudulent. Don't use them. And what we got is the red mirage. On Tuesday night, it appeared that Donald Trump was on his way to a second term. Very much possibility. But then we knew what was going to happen. The Democrats, by and large, were voting by mail, and that those votes were going to be counted later. And so we have in Pennsylvania what was predicted to happen, which is that Trump goes out to an early lead, and slowly as the votes come in, is that another dump? Oh, my God. How much longer to the next dump? As those votes come in, Joe Biden pulls ahead, and he is ahead now in Pennsylvania. And, of course, we knew that was going to happen. And here's the other thing that we knew was going to happen. That Donald Trump was going to say, I still won. And last night in the briefing room at the White House, that is precisely what happened, offering no evidence. Of any real fraud. Nothing to back up his claims. The president claimed that the election is being stolen from him. Stephen Colbert last night perhaps said it the best. said, you know, I knew it was going to happen. I knew that this is what he was going to say. And it still broke my heart. And I think right around the world that was echoed. Regardless how you feel about the United States, its democratic institutions have been a model for the world, have been an aspiration for people all around the world looking for self-determination in their own countries. And to watch what happened 
It breaks your heart. So we're all tense. Later on in the program, my psychiatrist, Marcia Sirota, will be here. I'll get on the couch, and all together, we'll take a deep breath in and a deep breath out. Because we're all so nervous. There's nervous energy, all the worry about the dumps. And then, handed to us, on a platter this morning, something so beautiful. Something so absolutely wonderful to relieve the tension. Like an expensive glass of asparagus water, Whole Foods wanders in with this tremendous distraction. I feel better. I do. I was all I was all bunged up about the election, and now I'm just furious at Whole Foods. So see, I'm better. Whole Foods, of course, has stepped right in. Not a vote dump, but something much worse. Has stepped right in to Canadian nationalism and Canadian identity by saying that employees at their stores will not be able to wear the poppy. A spokesperson for the grocery chain saying that with the exception of items required by law, the retailer's dress code does not allow for any additions. She says Whole Foods supports veterans and will observe a moment of silence on Remembrance Day. Just hold on. Just just a second with that asparagus water. Just to hang on, but just wait a second. We'll get to your asparagus toast in a moment. We're taking a moment of silence here. And immediately, other grocery chains got right on this. Blah, blah, putting out a tweet just a few moments ago saying, hey, we allow our employees to wear the uh, poppy, so come on in. Come on in and spend your money here. Don't give Jeff Bezos your cash. Mr. Weston over here, Galen will take it for you. And everybody's so upset. Now, let me just keep, can I give you some context here? Because I think you need to ask yourself a pretty hard question. Where did this come from? Get a little context here. Whole Foods is already in trouble in the United States for saying the same thing about Black Lives Matter. In other words, saying to its employees, in the height of you know, all of the social justice concerns across the United States, in the wake of the protests and the death of George Floyd, it said to its employees, you can't wear anything, any BLM, nothing, no Black Lives Matter, nothing, you can't have anything, you can't have it on your uniform at all. And so Whole Foods is saying, well, Black Lives Matter, poppy, any kind of adornment whatsoever on your uniform, not allowed. We're just going to make that as a blanket statement. And you could see from some office high in the sky, I don't know, Does where's the Amazon office now? Is it circling the earth with Jeff Bezos' giant head? Is it just in a giant sphere of Jeff Bezos' shaped in Jeff Bezos' head? You know, could you just imagine the executive at Amazon whose file is Whole Foods is like, uh, line two on line two, Canada is on line two, and the hosers are mad. 
Because you can see how it makes sense from a, well, we're just going to make that blank blanket policy. But it doesn't take into account what the poppy is in Canada and what it means in Canada. We have had, as Canadians, you've grown up in this country, of course, you know, every Remembrance Day you've got the school assembly. It's drilled into us. It's part of our national identity. It is more than just a symbol representing remembrance of the sacrifices of soldiers of years gone by. I mean, when I wear the poppy, it's because I'm also thinking about my grandfather, who for, served in the Second World War, and my great-grandfather, who was injured on in the battlefields of France. But more than that, it's almost an expression of national identity, national pride. And here comes Whole Foods and says, you can't wear it! So boo, Jeff Bezos. Boo, Alexa. Boo, asparagus water. But what has happened in the wake of this? What's gone, ha- what's gone on? In the midst of a pandemic, we got people out of work. We're freaking out about dumps. Well, immediately... Our politicians are coming to our rescue. Goodness gracious, what we need right now is we need the Ontario government to get itself into action right now. Doug Ford, go. Here in Canada, we have a a few traditions. When it comes to November 11th and the week of November 11th, we wear a poppy, being very proud of wearing that. And after hearing what I heard this morning from Whole Foods, the policy that they introduced that they won't allow any employee to wear a poppy. I find it absolutely disgraceful. I find it disgusting. So we're going to introduce legislation immediately that permits any employee, any employee, no matter where you work, and to wear a poppy and making sure that no employer can force someone not to wear a poppy. That is Doug Ford this morning in Ottawa saying that the provincial government will introduce legislation? I mean, I, I know we're enjoying this distraction of hating on Whole Foods. And I can tell you that members of the opposition are saying, yeah, let's, let's, get, the, let's get the gang together. Let's bring, get the legislation together. We're going we're gonna to pass a bill. You know, and if the government has anything to do it, somehow Charles McVitie will get a reward out of it. I don't know. It'll somehow they'll slip in a little something sweet for Chuck McVitie. Legislation, folks? We're in the middle of a pandemic. Here's what, you know what? You want to honor the veterans? How about we honor our seniors by protecting them in long-term care homes? Don't see us running back to the legislature to pass legislation for that. So you can be outraged and you can be upset. You know what this is? You know what this exactly is? You know when the Amber Alert goes off at 2 o'clock in the morning and some clown calls 911 to complain that he's been upset and the police release it and we all, oh, we tut, 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 hands on hips. Mm, I am superior. We love that, don't we? So now we're all upset at Whole Foods. 
You didn't shop at Whole Foods before anyway. There's only 14 locations. You don't care about Whole Foods. But man, are you angry. And man, is the provincial government ready to act. It's nuts. Where's our priorities? You know what our priorities should be? Waiting for the next dump. Uh, On the uh, provincial front, of course, yesterday the province announced its new budget. And this has a real impact on you. And, of course, we all have our eyes on what's going on in the United States. And now we're freaking out about the poppy. And it's easy to miss the budget. And it's got some pretty significant stuff in there that I think you really need to pay attention to. For example, a record deficit of $38.5 billion. And the budget that was released yesterday does not lay out any path to balance whatsoever. That's supposed to come next year. And we're not going to get back to the black until well after the next election. Now, I don't think that's a big surprise to anybody. In fact, even pre-pandemic, we didn't have a path back to balance. But some of the things in the budget are going to raise some eyebrows. For example, the budget includes a new tax credit to help seniors live in their homes longer. Uh, And this is a 25% rebate eligible up to uh, $10,000 in spending. And it's regardless of income. It's not income tested at all. And this is actually an extension of a liberal program. This is brought in under Kathleen Wynne. And it is the progressive conservatives extending it and expanding it and what it can be used for is things like wheelchair ramps and non-slip flooring and you know, anything that can make a home more uh, livable for a senior who is trying to stay in their home longer. So that's good. But why is it not income tested? That's a good question. The budget also lays out a commitment to provide nursing home residents with an average of four hours of daily direct care. That seems like a good thing, right? That's fabulous. I like that. The government recently announced that to big fanfare. It's something that a number of panels have called for, more direct care for seniors. You want you just quit freaking out about the poppy you know, in respecting veterans. How about we respect our elders by giving them the kind of care that they need to be able to live in dignity? That sounds like a good idea. Guess what's not in the budget? No cost estimate for it. None. No dollar figure. And here's what what I can tell you from years of covering, covering budgets. If it doesn't come with a, do- a dollar figure, it ain't happening. Right? If, it, if it's not on the ledger, there's not a number next to it, it's not happening. It's an empty promise. The budget also extending a program that the provincial government brought in, which is a $200 per child credit for kids under 12. It's up to 250 for kids or youth with special needs. They're going to expand that. This is supposed to be able to help uh, parents deal with the pandemic and costs of raising your child. But again, this thing is not income tested. So the richest people are getting the same amount of money as the poorest people. Does that make sense to you? That makes any sense to me. The other thing that didn't make a whole lot of sense to me is the province says it's going to subsidize hydro rates for businesses. And you know how they're going to do that? Taxpayers. So us, all of us as taxpayers, we're going to help cut hydro rates for business at the same time that residential rates are on the way up and the Ford government said it was going to lower them. That was a promise it made 
prior to the previous election, and it has not come true. In fact, rates are going up, and business rates are going to come down, and we're going to pay for it. Plus, one other thing I want to mention, the government announcing $150 million bucks in the budget for something called the Year of the Ontario Staycation. That's right, the government is going to try and help fund your vacation if you stay within Ontario. Last night on Global News, I had a chance to ask the Minister of Finance a number of questions, and the last three things I talked about are specifically the questions I had for Rod Phillips. Here's that interview. You have extended the benefit for families 200 to $250 per child, but you're giving the same amount of money to the richest families and the poorest families in the province. Why do that? You know, Alan, we've heard from parents that uh, the challenges with regards to kids in school with COVID-19, I mean, there's been many of them. So we did this with the original wave of COVID-19, and we think that they deserve a little help. And so, you know, whether, uh, you know, regardless of, of, of what their income levels are, they have costs that are in addition because of they might have additional technology charges or other costs related to that. So we think, you know, $200 for every child under 12, $250 for every special needs child under 20, we think that's a good investment. That's money well spent. We think parents deserve it. The other question I have is on hydro. You announced a cut in hydro rates for businesses. That'll be uh, taken care of and underwritten by taxpayers. But what about for ratepayers? Because for ratepayers, rates are going up, and you promised previously that they would go down. Well, you know, Alan, the rates are much lower than they certainly would have been under the previous government's plan, and that's because we've linked them to inflation. And there's over $6 billion of subsidy, about 30% of the bill on the consumer's bill. But this move for businesses is critical. One of the reasons that we've had a challenge competing, and, and that's going to be even more so in the post-COVID world, is because of excessive uh, contracts done by the previous government that led to really unreasonable energy rates. And that's affected jobs. And so we need to make these reductions now so that we support our employers. We know that businesses are under stress. That means employers uh, are under stress. And we, we want to make sure that that support is there for businesses so we can compete now and in the future. Looks like I have time for one more quick question. Why is it a good idea to spend taxpayers' money uh, to help underwrite vacations in Ontario? Well, we are hoping to make 2021 the year of the staycation. Now, when it's safe, we all have to continue to listen, and people have been doing a great job of listening to the public health advice. But when it's safe, we know it's going to be easier to travel and safer to travel inside our borders. And we need to support our tourism operators. So we want to make this next year the year of the Ontario staycation. And to do that, we're going to help out with a 20% tax credit for expenses when families and individuals travel around Ontario. We know that's going to be a big help for our tourism operators, and we all want want to help our small businesses. And frankly, when it's safe, I think we could all use a vacation here in Ontario as well. Ontario's Minister of Finance, Rod Phillips, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, Alan. As Rod Phillips in a discussion last night on Global News and in just a short while, I will be interviewing Rod Phillips in a longer interview for Focus Ontario that can be seen this weekend, Saturday at 5.30 p.m., Sunday morning, 11.30 a.m. on Global News. I just quickly want to talk. i got to get to traffic, but I want to tell you about two quick email that I just got, uh, and both have cut me to the quick. By the way, if you would like to write me an email, and it doesn't have to be this mean, but you can write to me at alan, alan.carter. That's A-L-A-N dot Carter at globalnews.ca. Neil 
is written in. No, that's not the one I'm looking for. Where's the one that is just, oh, here's uh, Dave has written to me and said, if the Whole Foods thing is not a priority right now, then why did you talk about it for the last half hour? Okay, you got a point. And then this is this is the one that really hurt me. This is from Bill. Bill says, will you please stop popping your P's and B's? I can't stand listening to you anymore. And as a broadcaster, being accused of popping your P's and your B's, that is, wow, I am not going to sleep tonight. Well, I'm just doom scrolling. That's my whole life. Just doom scrolling the election. And when I'm not doom scrolling the election, I'm angry at Whole Foods about the poppy issue. All of it, all of it's raising my blood pressure. I don't how you, how you feeling? Are you all right? Here's something to worry about, is if you didn't have enough. What's going on at the Pennsylvania Convention Center where those votes are being tallied? You know where Biden has slowly pulled into the lead? What's going on there? Well, two guys from Virginia are now in custody after police say they made threats against the Pennsylvania Convention Center where the votes were being tallied. Here's Global National's Mike Armstrong. Police arrested two men last night. They have two men in custody. They were picked up outside that convention center. According to police, they were tipped off by someone. They're not saying who, but at around 10 p.m., that tip said a group of individuals from out of state were headed here in a silver Hummer, uh, that they were potentially armed, and that they intended to do something at the convention center to disrupt things. Now, because the arrest was at the convention center, there's a lot of media there, even late at, late at night. Um, so there are images of the men in handcuffs, as well as their vehicle outside the convention center. And if you look into their vehicle, you can see there are uh, numerous QAnon stickers, that uh, conspiracy theory group. They seem to uh, be people who are following QAnon closely. That is Mike Armstrong with a worrying update from Philadelphia, where votes continue to be counted. And if you flip around and you're doom scrolling and you're watching the results come in and then you then you flip over to Fox, as they did last night, you hear Sean Hannity say, we're never going to know who's the legitimate winner of this election. This in the wake of just an extraordinary and sad update from Donald Trump where he made all kinds of baseless accusations. And the worry is for everybody that this is going to slide out of control. All of it is making me nervous. I don't feel good. So when I don't feel good, I call up my psychiatrist, Marcia Sirota. Marcia, how are you? I'm okay. How are you doing? Do you mind if I get on the couch? Am I okay? Can I just lie down carry here on, for a moment? Absolutely. I'm just going to lie down here. Um, how do I stop doom-scrolling election results? Yeah, I think it's really important to recognize that all this political disharmony and polarization is really hard on our mental health, and we have to be proactive and, and take better care of ourselves. And maybe you need to, like, you know, exercise a little bit of self-discipline and try to do something different because, you know, too much of this news really will cause people to become more anxious. When I was doing some reading up for this segment, I discovered that Something called election stress disorder is actually a real thing. Yeah, well, it, it makes sense because 
elections have a, a tremendously powerful impact on people's future. And whatever side you're on of the political dividing line, you have a stake in it. And so, you know, if your party doesn't win, you, you can anticipate a lot of bad things coming along down the pike, and that will create a tremendous amount of anticipatory anxiety. That, I, we refer to that in my house as stop future tripping. Yeah, but, you know, with, with something like this U.S. election, which also affects Canadians profoundly, it's, it's hard to do, and that's why I recommend that we really measure out the amount of media that we consume because, you know, we will eventually know how it all comes comes out, but maybe, you know, moment by moment, doom scrolling is not the best option in terms of trying to, like, you know, go about our daily lives without, you know, excessive stress. I tell you, last night, all night long, I just, I, I kept having this fever dream of, of uh, John King on CNN saying, vote dump over and over. It was weird. Yeah. No, it's, it's, it's a strange, strange time because, uh, you know, I was, kind of reading up about politics in the last over the last several decades and it it's like the divisions have become more and more and more uh, marked in the last few decades and uh, culminating in this extremely extremely divided country to the south of us and and like I said it does have an impact on our welfare and um, you know it, we can't help but feel affected by it and, and we really do need to take care of our mental health and do the things that we we know will help. So, you know, getting out into the fresh air, going for a walk or a bike ride, ride or a jog, you know, doing a little meditating, you know, eating some fresh, healthy food, uh, trying to, you know, take a break from the technology and just speak to a loved one about something not having to do with politics, you know, trying to do some things that are just going to help us to create some balance because the stress of this election is not going to go away, but we can create more balance by having positive things that we add into our lives. Yeah, maybe I'll go for some asparagus toast and some asparagus water at the Whole Foods. Oh, no, 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 I can't go there. Hey, why is it that I feel better when I'm angry at Whole Foods about this whole poppy-wearing issue? And that seems to make me feel better, uh, at, at least distracted, from all of the worry about the U.S. election. Because there's something you can do about it. With the U.S. election, it has an impact on us, but we can't vote. We don't have a voice so we feel very hopeless and helpless. With something more close to home, there are actions that we can take, and whenever we can take an action, we feel better because we don't feel helpless and hopeless. But, you know, what I do when I don't have a voice is I write. That's how I get my voice, right? I, I put out a blog, and so even though maybe I don't have a vote, I can still speak out about the things that are bothering me or, or distressing me. So, you know, you have a platform too. So, you know, I guess for you, it's a wonderful opportunity to speak about out about the things that are bothering you. <laughs> yes, I'm. I'm not sure if the listeners always feel the same way, <laughs> but uh, here I am on the couch uh, with my psychiatrist, Dr. Marcia Sorrett. Tell us where you can read your blog, by the way. Sure, it's my website is my name, Marcia Sorota, M.D. Like medical doctor. dot com. Um, here's the other thing I'm freaking out about. I'm freaking out about minks now. Uh, have you heard this story? No. I, in in Denmark, uh, more than a quarter million Danes have had to go into lockdown in the northern region of the country. You know why? Because there's a mutated variation of the coronavirus that has infected minks that are being farmed for fur, 
and now there's been an order to kill millions of the animals, and I'm I'm horrified that that's happening, and I'm also horrified that oh my God, now you know now we're going to get coronavirus from minks. You know, when you're a sensitive person, which you obviously are, <laughs> it's hard. No, it's hard to be a sensitive person in all seriousness because there's a lot of really crazy stuff going on, and if you are a sensitive person and you feel things deeply and you get distressed by things going on in the world, which are legitimately upsetting, by the way, then you have to actually take even more time to take care of your your well-being. You know, sensitive people feel things more deeply, and that's great because it makes you more empathetic, more more aware, more sensitive, more emotionally intelligent, you know, better with relationships, but you also can, can feel more you know, discomfort and distress around the kinds of crazy stuff that's going on in the world. So for people who are sensitive out there, they need to recognize that this is not a bad thing. This is an advantage in many ways to be sensitive, but you also have to take better care of your own mental well-being by making sure that you make the time to, you know, tune in and do the things that work for you to feel better. I, I appreciate you thinking I'm a sensitive person, and perhaps somewhere under all of this there is, but I feel like perhaps... You know, it's it's like a callus. Like I've just absorbed so much news from my whole professional career, and it's all I do that I'm cynical and you know I'm jaded, and that empathy is gone, and I don't think I'll ever see it. It's it's buried under too much scar tissue. Uh, well, we'll have to have a, a disagreement about that. I don't I don't think that's the case about you. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's very nice. This session has been very helpful. Thank you, Marcia. I'll send you my bill. Marcia Sirota is my psychiatrist, and you can uh, read her writing on her blog where she uh, detailed where to find that previously. Marcia, always great to talk to you. Have a great weekend. Stay safe. You too. Thanks. That's the podcast for today. Don't forget to catch the Alan Carter Show weekdays beginning at noon.